0: Exploring the Word of God together allows us to share in the joy that comes from discovering the words of hope and salvation which overflow from our Bibles. Upper Room Media presents to you this educational, enlightening, and entertaining Bible study. Prepare to be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, from God, amen. Our Bible study tonight, Psalm 101. It's a beautiful psalm. It's a short psalm, but very beautiful. The title of this psalm is a psalm of David. And the Hebrew version of the Bible and all the versions attribute this psalm to David. When David composed this psalm, Something it was composed when David became a king immediately after the death of King Saul. Or he composed it when he began to reign over all Israel and brought up the ark to the city of David, the Ark of Covenant. Why is he linked with the ark? Because in the psalm in verse 2 it says, When will you come to me? and the ark represents the presence of God so when will you come to me? it's about the ark he may have written it also as he was contemplating the transfer of the ark to the city of Jerusalem because as you know David tried to transfer the ark first but they use a very easy way God actually asked them to have like rings in the ark and put two rods and the revites carry the ark from the rods but instead of doing this they put it on a chariot and when the ark was about to fall so Oza he tried to keep the ark from falling so he touched the ark and God punished him immediately and he died and many people ask why God killed Uzzah although he w- want to save the ark but actually they did not carry the ark the way God intended so when God actually punished Uzzah because of his irreverence and God actually taught them a lesson about the holiness of God David actually was afraid so he did not take the ark to the city of Jerusalem And as we read in 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 9 he said How can the ark of the Lord come to me? He said when was touched the ark he was killed So if the ark comes to the city of Jerusalem I don't know what will happen to the people So the ark was carried aside into a house of Obed-Adum but terror was soon exchanged for that earnest longing for God's presence in the city David found that God blessed Ubit Adum because of the ark so he said, and after he was afraid, this terror was replaced by earnest longing for God's presence to be blessed and God actually chose the city of Zion, city of Jerusalem to be His dwelling place So David was actually longing to bring the ark to the city of David That's why some people said he composed this psalm when he is contemplating on bringing the ark to the city of David That's why he said when will you come to me? When will you come to me? This psalm then may be regarded as The expression of David's solemn resolution To prepare himself and his city For God's coming to dwell in their midst So what are the decisions What are the resolutions that David make To make himself as the king of Israel And the city of Jerusalem Actually suitable for the dwelling of God As we'll see in this psalm So this psalm shows us the resolutions that David formed when he came to the throne, when he became the king of Israel. And it is a perfect model according to which a wise king should regulate his conduct and his government. If any king or president want actually to make resolution in order to be king after God's heart, he should follow Psalm 101. It instructs not only the kings, but all that are in any sphere of power Whether a bishop, priest, manager in a company, father or mother in a household So anyone in a sphere of power To use their power So as to make it a terror to evildoers But a praise to those who do well When we are in power This power should be a praise to those who do well and a terror to those who do evil. That's why some scholars call this psalm the mirror for magistrates. A king needs to understand the importance of character as he picks those who will help him lead the nation. We know that godly leaders when they choose ungodly people around them they actually ruin the reputation of the godly leaders that's why a godly leader should be very careful in appointing those who are around him what kind of people gather around the center of the power will determine if it will be a righteous or an unrighteous power some presidents are very fair but because people around them are corrupt so the power in this country is corrupt although the president want to be fair but because people around him are corrupt that's why the government in this country will be corrupt psalm 101 is a great place for every christian who wants to live a life that pleases God to start, it gives us an outline and a starting point to cultivate a God-centered life. If you want to know how to start a God-centered life, Psalm 101 will guide you. David starts Psalm 101 by praising God for who he is. And worshipping him in truth That's how he started Psalm 101 Then after praising God for who he is He resolves that he will be deliberate In the way that he follows the Lord So he spoke about himself How he would conduct himself And how he will follow the steps of the Lord And according to St. Augustine David here is a symbol of Christ Because in the whole psalm, this psalm actually represents Christ Because there are something in this psalm Agree with no person on earth But agree only with Christ For example, when he said I will walk within the house with a perfect heart Who can say this except Christ? Who can say he who walks in a perfect way he shall serve me so this actually psalm speaks about Christ because as I said there are some things that in this Son which agree with no one except with Christ like behaving wisely in a perfect way and walking in his house with a perfect heart Christ governs his church so the church is the city of God and he governed the church by the rules in this Psalm He loves righteousness and he hates wickedness God loves righteousness and hates wickedness as we will read in this Psalm As I told you it is a short Psalm, it's only 8 verses Verse 1 to 4, it's about David's resolutions or determination in his personal conduct how he conduct himself And from 5 to 8 His determination in those He would appoint as a king Whom he would appoint Who are the people who will be around him as a king And by the way, we pray this psalm In which hour in the Akbaya? In the ninth hour of the Akbaya. We pray this psalm in the ninth hour of the Agbiya So let's start by verse 1 I will sing, as I told you, he started by praising God, so he started by saying, I will sing of mercy and justice to you, O Lord, I will sing praises and I want you to turn your attention into he said, mercy before justice the order of the words I will sing of mercy and justice, to you O Lord, I will sing praises this is a sort of preface to the psalm, in which David gives us to understand that he is about to sing of mercy and justice of God. Why? He has many reasons to, to praise the mercies and justice of God. Why he's singing for the mercy and justice? Because God's providences concerning his people. Are commonly mixed mercy and justice God's mercy is full of justice And God's justice is full of mercy And we can see this in the cross In the cross we can see the mercies of God And the justice of God Mercy and justice have kissed each other New and foreign theology right now It speaks only about mercy and love in the cross this is not right, this is not the right theology it's corrupt theology because God's mercy is full of justice and His justice is full of mercy the two go together mercy can only be properly understood in the light of justice and justice pronounces its righteous penalty In the light of mercy, because mercy Grant relief That's why David is singing for the mercy of justice In any country If the rule is only mercy There will be a lot of corrupt and wicked people And if the rule is only justice No, there will be actually Many people who are harmed because lack of mercy That's why mercy should be full of justice And justice is full of mercy And as King David concerned it with mercy and justice He want actually to follow the example of God So as a king he want to practice mercy and justice together He knew these principles were not rooted in him but in God But he want to follow the example of God Mercy and justice are the characteristics of the divine rule which are to be reflected in the true human ruler so any human ruler should keep this principle mercy and justice as we read in Isaiah 16 and verse 9 in mercy the throne will be established and one will sit on it in truth in the tabernacle of David Judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. So you can see in this verse how mercy and justice are mixed together. Mercy and justice are the fundamental principles of right life and conduct. The bond of fellowship between man and God is based on mercy and justice. As we read in Hosea chapter 2, And verse 19 I will betroth you God speaking to the human soul I will betroth you to me forever Yes, I will betroth you to me In righteousness and justice In loving kindness and mercy So in his relationship with us God actually deals with us Through justice and mercy Also this should be the rule between when we deal with each other like in Hosea chapter 12 and verse 6 You by help of your God return Observe mercy and justice and wait on your God continually So observe mercy and justice in dealing with others Before David could exercise mercy and justice in his kingdom David had to understand and had to praise mercy and justice of God In order, in our ruling, if you are a leader, to exercise mercy and justice Number one, you need to understand the mercy of justice on God and praise Him David, by singing God's mercy and justice, means that he will make it one of the rules of his life to do so And it was so with David and his family. They tried their best to rule by mercy and justice. When David, for example, numbered the people and it was a sin, God had mercy on him, as we read in 2 Samuel 24. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel, Who was destroying the people, it is enough, now restrain your hand You can see there was justice here, but there was mercy also Why he mentioned mercy before justice? Saint Augustine said he names the mercy first, for the present life is of mercy And the future is for justice As the Lord said, the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world so this time is time of mercy but in his second coming he will judge the world in righteousness St. Augustine says They are not placed in this order without a meaning mercy and justice So that he said not judgment and mercy but he said mercy and judgment So that if we distinguish them by succession and time Perhaps we find that the present time is the season for mercy, the future is judgment. No one should be surprised if in the present time God makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on just and on the unjust. Many people right now when they see that God is spares the ungodly. He spares the terrorists. He did not punish them immediately. They wonder why. But it is the mercies of God he is giving them opportunity to repent. But in his second coming, he will judge the world in righteousness. And David said, I will sing to you, O Lord, I will sing praises. Singing is the movement of the heart. This is why God described it, our worship to Him should be singing. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's how we should worship God. My heart will be singing and making melody to God. Why the heart is singing? Because the heart is moved by the love of God and this leads to joyful singing. All men should hope In the mercy of God, we say according to your mercy, O Lord, and not according to our sins. While people should dread his judgment. To hope without presuming and to fear without despairing. That's why St. Augustine said, let no man flatter himself that he will never be punished through God's mercy. Don't say God will never punish me because he is merciful for there is judgment also, and let no man who has been repented and changed for the better dread the Lord's judgment, while seeing that mercy goes before it, before the judgment God neither loses the severity of judgment in the bounty of mercy, nor in judging with severity loses the bounty of mercy, as I told you His mercy is full of justice and his justice is full of mercy verse 2 after he started by praising God, now he making resolution as a king how he will conduct himself, that's the first part and how he will appoint people in his kingdom so he said, I will behave wisely in a perfect way, oh when will you come to me I will walk within my house with a perfect heart So David's longing for the Lord Was connected with his desire to live a wise and holy life Perfect way He was eager for closer fellowship with God When you come to me He determined that his reign Would be marked by integrity and godliness I will walk in a perfect way It recalls David's word in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 9 David was afraid of the Lord that day And he said the day in which God killed Uzzah. How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So he said how can the ark of the Lord come to me? I need to repent first so God can come to me as we read also in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 24 the Lord said an altar of earth you shall make for me and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings your sheep and your oxen in every place Where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you So here is a promise from God I will come to you and I will bless you This promise also, you can find it in the New Testament And it is connected with obeying the commandment of God When we obey the commandment of God, God will come to us As we read in John chapter 14 and verse 23 Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we, the Father and the Son, will come to him and make our home with him. So when we keep the commandment of God, the Father will love us, the Son loves us, and both of them will come and make their dwelling in my heart, and also are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So here actually the Holy Trinity dwells in my heart my heart is a dwelling place for the Holy Trinity so when do you come to me this this question that he asked here, oh when will you come to me, when will you obey his commandments, so obedience to God's commandment is the condition of such fellowship that God comes to us so David begins with himself By bringing his own character and conduct Into conformity with the way and will of God As he said, I will behave wisely In a perfect way Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart So he said, I will walk with a perfect heart So that you can come to me And he actually did so Before he came to the throne He did not start the life of repentance after he became a king But before he became a king He conducted himself in the fear of God That's why King Saul feared him As we read in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 14 And David behaved wisely in all his ways And the Lord was with him This made King Saul feared him, but the people loved him. He resolved it to do so, and he did this even after he became a king. David seeks after perfection, he wants to be perfect. Then, feeling his inability to walk in the perfect way by his own strength, he cries to God for help. So, after he said, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. He said, but who can behave wisely in a perfect way? No one without the grace of God That's why he cried, when will you come to me? Because if you don't come to me, I cannot walk within my house with a perfect way That's why he realized his inability So he said, when will you come to me to enlighten me, to teach me, to encourage me, to inspire me To change me, to transform me He knew that he will never be able to do of himself by his own strength But only by the help of God's grace And he said, even in the privacy of his own palace He will walk with a perfect heart I will walk within my house with a perfect heart Sometimes we have double standard In our houses, we conduct ourselves ungodly But in the church or before others, we conduct ourselves in Godliness But David here, he said, even within my house, within my palace I will walk within my house with a perfect heart Verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes I hate the work of those who fall away, it shall not cling to me So now he begins relating his way of life As worthy of imitation A father in a house, a leader in a country A leader in a church Should be example to others As St. Paul said to Timothy Be example to the believers David is saying The way I will conduct myself In order to be example to my successors And to my subordinates That's why God said, you know, usually the king sits on elevated seat, or any leader sits on elevated seat, not for honor, but to be like a candle, as the Lord said, put him on a stand, it gives light to all who are in the house, so when they seat the king, or a ruler, or a bishop on, on a high seat, it's not for honor but to be reminded that he should conduct himself like a candle to enlighten all those who are in the house Should all good men do and be an example in a family be a model of good works bring up their children in the fear of the Lord neglect nothing that may contribute to their real good and the glory of God David first in verse 2 explains his position with himself And with God, he will walk godly Next, he is explaining his position with others And in the eyes of his people So David's righteous life Had to be real in his conduct with his own house Before it could be left in the courts of his kingdom That's why before he speaks about how he, he will conduct himself in the kingdom He explained how he will conduct himself In his own house If you are not walking godly in your own house Then you cannot be godly In front of others Otherwise you will be hypocrite That's why he mentioned I will walk perfectly in my house Before speaking how he conduct himself Before others He wishes to walk To walk godly and perfect in the life of this world To behave wisely in a perfect way Behaving wisely in a perfect way means Thinking of nothing, seeking nothing Delighting in nothing but only in what was good To be careful in keeping his heart From being polluted by sinful thoughts or desires For he knew the heart to be the source of life and death So David resolved not to contemplate anything worthless Not to be entertained by what is vile And he hates toxicities of deceit David understood the principle that St. John mentioned In a prophetic way of course First John chapter 1, 6 and 7 If we say that we have fellowship with him with God And walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth But if we walk in the light As he is in the light, we have fellowship With one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son Cleanses us from all sin What he said of his heart In verse 3, he now says of his eyes And his hand, in verse 2 he said about his heart I will behave wisely in a perfect way I will walk within my house with a perfect heart Now he moved from the heart to the eye and the hands I will set nothing wicked before my eyes I hate the work of those who fall away, it shall not cling to me So, what he said of his heart, now he says of his eyes and of his hands he turned away his eyes, the eyes of his mind as well as the eyes of his body, from all injustice, and furthermore from all sinful objects that could possibly defile his soul. There are many wicked things to set the eyes upon, and the lust of the eyes is one of the three major things that tempt us in this world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and the pride of life so not only he will not set anything wicked before his eyes but even he hated all those guilty of it and thus got through hatred of iniquity itself, I hate the work of those who fall away, it shall not cling to me It is only the Lord who is righteous and without sin Whereas man is a sinner So this verse applies on God Who can say among us I never said anything wicked before my eyes Nobody can say this verse So it is only God who is righteous But yet there is a difference between A person who finds pleasure in sin Looks for it seeks it and submits himself to it and those who resist the sin and tries their best to flee from the sin So there is a difference between a person who is repenting and fighting and a person who is pursuing sin After telling his position in regard of himself, his heart, his hand, his eyes he now tells us how he stood in regard of others And such was his position that the wicked would not even dare to approach him. As we read in verse 4. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. David knew if he wants to live a godly life, it would be wise to keep some distance from those with a perverse heart. That's why he said, a perverse heart shall depart from me. He knew what St. Paul said, evil company corrupt good morals. If the virtue of anyone is very clear and he is godly, and others knew about his sanctity, so the wicked people will shy away from either approaching him or in his presence. When, for example, a godly person in a company or a godly student in a school The wicked people will not approach him And they will be careful in choosing the words in front of a godly person All corruption, dishonesty and perversity Shall be banished from his heart He will not consciously tolerate evil there It takes a determination and a decision, resolution to pursue righteous life King David did not only resolve to not practice wickedness himself And have evil people as his friends But also made sure neither to keep bad servant Nor to employ those who are wicked So number one, David said about himself He will pursue a perfect way his friends should be godly number 3 he will not employ anyone who is wicked in his kingdom and I want you to notice that David begins by cleaning up first his own heart then refuses to be associated with any evil person who might influence him to do evil David was determined not to have evil people in his company and according to Saint Augustine He who talks here, talks in the name of Jesus Because as the one with a perverse heart Would be unworthy of being known by God So as if God says in verse 4 God is the one who is saying A perverse heart shall depart from me I will not know wickedness As the Lord said to the foolish virgins Depart from me, I don't know you So God is saying, anyone with perverse heart would be unworthy of being known by God Saying, I will not know wickedness, means I don't want to know him who does wickedness As I told you in the first four verses, David spoke about his determination in his personal conduct Starting from verse 5 He speaks about those whom he would appoint. Verse 5 Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor him I will destroy the one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure So now he spoke about two kinds of people the slanderers and the prideful Why slanderers? He will never employ or appoint a slanderer in his kingdom Because it is significant and a grievous sin to lie or speak in an evil way against another And the worst of this slander when it is done secretly And David was determined to oppose all who slanders each other especially secretly He said, him I will destroy Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy How many times we slandered each other secretly So slander whether it is said in private or in public God does not approve of slander David knows this and he wants to pattern his life according to the life of the Lord So he said he will not tolerate anyone Who says bad things about their neighbor He would not have one in his house Or in his service Who did injustice to the character of others Slandering is ruining the reputation of others is tapping the reputation in the dark In the paradise of the fathers They asked Abba Isaiah What is the sin of slander? So he answered The sin of slander keeps man away from the presence of God. According to what is written, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Then David, after he spoke about slanderers, he listed two additional sins. The communication of arrogance by facial expression, haughty look and the proud heart behind the expression the one who has a haughty look so he looks by his facial expression down on other people and a proud heart The what's behind this facial expression it's a proud heart to all such who thought themselves better than their neighbors David said him I will not endure he cannot endure a person who think I am better than others He will not tolerate such a person near him I will not endure David had a great hatred Not only of those who secretly slander their neighbors But of the proud and the covetous No greater hardship can befall people Than to have king's ministers proud or greedy When actually the leader whether it is president of country or a leader in the church if he surround himself with prideful people or greedy people they abuse the power in satisfying their greed and this will cause great harm to those under the ruler that's why David refused to look to at those who thought themselves better than others Verse 6 Then whom you will choose David To appoint He said my eyes shall be On the faithful of the land I will search for the faithful of the land To appoint them Why? That they may dwell with me He who walks In a perfect way He shall serve me These are this The quality of the people Whom he will appoint So instead of hiring the haughty and prideful people he looked at the faithful and he decided the faithful only will dwell with him when David looked for leaders he looked for the faithful of the land but faithful of the land doesn't mean they're loyal to me even if they are corrupt doesn't mean this because it often happens the leaders are kept in their position, regardless of their ability or how much harm they may be doing to themselves or to others, through their bad example because of their loyalty to the king. So, some people, because they are loyal to the president or to the king, in spite of their inability or the harm they are causing to others or their bad example, but the ruler keeps them because they are loyal to him, this is wrong these are not the faithful of the land, David's minister should not only be faithful and loyal to him but unstained and unblemished, unlike himself in every aspect, that's why he said, he who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me so I'm not looking for people who are loyal to me, but those who are walking in a perfect way, shall serve me That's why he said, my eyes shall be on the faithful of the land He looked about and sought for the faithful and would seek those who are trustworthy He looked with an eye of favor on those whom he knew to be faithful and selected them to dwell with him at his table and furthermore if there was any other citizen However unknown or unacquainted with him Provided he bore a good character And led an irreproachable life He was adopted as one of his leaders So even if somebody is not famous And somebody is not known to David But he is of a good character David appoint him as one of his leaders Perhaps David spoke this as he comes to the throne vowing, make a vow to find the right people to appoint to his government As David previously Reprehended those who secretly slander their neighbors Now he excludes from his company All those who choose to lie in order to deceive others As he said in verse 7 He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence He will reject those who work deceit, those who tell lies He would look for the humble, not the proud Knowing they were much better to trust with authority and responsibility than the proud And also being a truthful man Not lying, not deceitful David is a truthful man That's why David could not tolerate people around him Who are liars, are not truthful He would certainly reject anyone who practices deceit and tells lies Deceit means wickedness here It is the duty of a king to see Not only that his own ways are blameless But that his entire household is well ordered and consists of righteous people As a leader, whether leader in the church or in a country or in a company Don't look only that you are walking perfectly or try to walk perfectly But those whom you appoint to serve with you should be also righteous, faithful, godly as we read about Job, he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts Thus Job did regularly So Job here did not, was not only concerned about his righteousness, but about the righteousness of people in his household And according to St. Augustine the word My house in verse 7 He who works deceit shall not dwell within me My house can be the heart of God As if God is saying He who works deceit shall not dwell in my heart St. Augustine says Understand this of the heart of God The proud did not dwell in my heart In the heart of God No such dwelt in my heart The proud will not dwell in my heart For he hurried away from me The prideful will, will run away from God None who will dwell in God's heart None but the meek and peaceful dwell in my heart Last verse, verse 8 Early I will destroy all the wicked of the land That I may cut off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Jerusalem should be a pure city, the church should be a pure place. David concludes the psalm by showing the amount of his zeal in purifying the city of the Lord. Then, dealing mercifully with the good, he will deal with the good people with mercy who had been previously crushed and oppressed by the wicked He will do justice to them and He will be merciful to them but He will inflict punishment on the wicked people for their oppression King David was so determined to rule righteously favoring the godly and opposing the wicked that he wanted to do it as early as possible He said, early I will destroy all the wicked of them I will not wait Early in my kingship I will destroy all the wicked of the land Day after day David will make it his endeavor Not only to keep his palace free from the evildoers But to cleanse the whole land of the, from them I will destroy all the wicked of the land Not only his household but of the land David is determined to exercise That just severity, which is a part of the duty of the king As St. Paul said, the the king or the ruler does not carry the sword in vain But to revenge from the evildoer So David is determined to exercise this authority To cleanse the land from the evildoers And not to make these wicked people a curse of the country when a ruler is weak, an over-indulgent ruler Actually this will be a curse to the country The Godly King affirms that his loyalty is to God only And not to the ways of the world David is especially concerned that Jerusalem, the city of the Lord Which has made the city of the Lord Shall be kept free from the pollution of evildoers I may cut off all the evil doors from the city of the Lord. Was David successful in maintaining the high standard of his declaration? No, not completely. But what leader besides Jesus Christ has ever maintained an unblemished record? So as I told you in the beginning, this psalm is about the Lord Jesus Christ. David had his weaknesses and failings but overall he sought to honor the Lord and to be a good leader as possible as he can The City of the Lord is your heart so we need to say I may cut off all the evildoers all the sins from my heart from the City of the Lord So all the Psalms though spoken by David is more applicable to the Lord Jesus Christ Especially the last verse For David did all he can to banish all evil doors from the city of the Lord But could he achieve this? No He did not succeed and never could succeed therein But in the heavenly Jerusalem there was no place for the evil door So Christ in the morning what, What morning here when he said early? The morning of the second coming The morning of the life to come The morning of the world to come Will really and truly cut off And scatter all the workers of the iniquity When he comes to judge the world Then the holy city, heavenly Jerusalem Will be what its name implies A vision of peace Because Jerusalem means peace St. Augustine says There are thin, wicked doers in the city of the Lord Now, in the church, in the world There are evil doers And they at present, seemingly spared They are spared by God Why so? Because it is a season of mercy God is giving them opportunity to repent But that of judgment will come In the day of judgment God actually will uh, co- uh, judge the world in righteousness that's why the son thus began of mercy and judgment will I sing unto the Lord He, in the present time God spares to give us opportunity to repent but then in the second coming he will judge and when he will judge when the night Shall pass away the night, because the coming of Christ is the morning. for this reason he said, he in the morning or early I will destroy all the wicked of the land. when the night of this world end and the morning of the second coming of the life to come it start to shine. This concludes psalm one one, glory be to God.